78 Man here again with another podcast and this time we're looking at Sandy Powell, a hugely popular comedian of the late 20s and 30s. Sandy's records were usually two-parters, so we've joined both sides together for this podcast. He began his recording career with the broadcast label in 1929 with The Lost Policeman, which was so popular it spawned a couple of follow-ups. From January 1930 is The Return of The Lost Policeman. tired out, absolutely worn out, walking round and round, day after day on my beat. You know, the soles on my shoes are so thin now, if I stood on a penny, I could tell you whether it was heads or tails. I had a funny case. Mind you, I'm very busy, you know. Oh, I'm very busy. I'm on a very big case just now. Well, I've nearly finished it. There's only two bottles left. I had a funny case the other day. I arrested a man, and he was brought before the judge, and the judge said, now, what were you doing when this policeman arrested you? The man said, I was quietly attending to my business. The judge said, what are you? He said, I'm a burglar. Another funny case, there's a woman round the street, just round the corner here. She's always singing. All day long, that woman's singing, where is my wandering boy tonight? Well, I never saw that woman's face till this morning, and I don't blame the boy for wondering at all. (laughs) Mind you, it's funny how I joined the police force, you know. Of course, I've been connected with the police all my life, more or less. A month here and a month there. But I'd never actually been in before. But one day, I was just I was just going to sit down to have my tea. I was just going to have a spring onion, a bit of cheese and a tomato. And in came a policeman, see? And he said, Sandy, he said, the chief constable wants to see you. So I, I went up to the police station with him. And the chief said, Sandy, I want you. I said, oh, what's it for this time? He said, no, I want you to join the force. I want you to be a policeman, he said. He said, I want you to be sworn in. So he told me to swear, and I started to swear, and they had to put me outside till I'd finished. When I came back, he said, where did you learn all those swear words? So I said, I used to be a golf caddy. But you know, I don't mind burglars and things like that, but I can't stand the children. Oh, those kids get on my nerves. Not that I don't like children. Oh, no, I I love children when they're asleep. Funny, the other day, I heard a little boy crying in the street. I went up to the little boy. I said, what's the matter, Sonny? What are you crying for? He said, well, my mother sent me out this morning on an errand and gave me two shillings. And he said, a man's just taken a shilling from me. I said, oh, poor kid. Your mother sent you out with two shillings and a man's just taken a shilling from you. I said, why didn't you call for help? Why didn't you shout? He said, I did. I said, well, let me hear you shout now. So I said, help, help. I said, can't you shout any louder than that? He said, no. So I took the other children off him. Now that's funny. Talking about children, he's a little girl coming along crying now. I wonder what's the matter. Oh, no, don't cry. Love, don't cry. What, 
What's the matter? What are you crying for? Oh, 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 there's a terrible row going on at our house. Terrible row? Yes. What about? Well, my mother went out this morning and bought a new half rug. And she thought it was blue and father's wearing and says it's green. Oh, and that's what they're rowing about, is it? Yes, just because my mother went out this morning and bought a new half rug. And she thought it was blue and father's wearing and says it's green. Hmm, that's the trouble, eh? Yes, just and bought a new house. Oh, well, no, well, no, no, it doesn't matter about that. Ah, well, what colour is it? It's red. Oh, well, I don't want to be bothered with things like that. But listen, where are you going? I'm going to the Labour Exchange. To the Labour Exchange? Yes. A little girl like you? Yes. What are you going to the Labour Exchange for? I'm going to fetch my father's dough money. Fetch your father's dough money? Yes. Can't your father fetch his own dough money? No, he's working. Now, listen, you just told me your father was at home having an hour with your mother. Yes, just because my mother went out this oh. morning to buy a new house and, and she, she thought, thought it was blue, blue and, and father swearing and said it's green. Ah, oh, well, never mind about that. Now, now, listen, now, why didn't your father go to work this morning? Well, you see, every morning we have a knocker-up, and our knocker-up has a knocker-up to knock him up. But our knocker-up, knocker-up, didn't knock our knocker-up up, so our knocker-up didn't come and knock us up. Oh, so that, that's why I didn't go to work, eh? Yes. Well, you see, every morning we have a knocker-up. Oh. And our knocker-up has a knocker-up to knock him up. But our knocker-up, knocker-up, didn't knock our knocker-up up, so our knocker-up didn't come and knock us up. No, so your father stayed at home? Yes, and he knocked me mother down. What is your father, an auctioneer? No, he's a joiner. A joiner? Yes. When anybody goes in to have a drink, he joins them. Well, I've never had anything like this. Hello, what's all that? Oh, there's a fight up the street. A fight? Yes. Where? Up there. Up there? Yes. What are you going to do about it? I'm going down here. Sandy Powell was born on the 30th of January 1900 as Albert Arthur Powell in Rotherham. He first appeared on stage with his mother, who was known as Lily Lemaine, at the age of nine, and became a full-time music hall entertainer after leaving school. Here's another of his broadcast releases. This is The Mountain Air. I've just been away on the mountains to climb. Yes, I've just been away on the mountains. And in case you've not heard what I told you first time, well, I've just been away on the mountains, and I've just come back from the mountains, from the mountains, from the mountains. Oh, I've just come back from the mountains. That's the place where I get camp. Oh, I love to nestle on the mountains, on the mountains, on the mountains, where the milk flows out in fountains out in Switzerland Oh, what if my word is cold on these mountains? You know, it's so cold, the Swiss Navy have to fight on skates. And when your laundry comes home, you have to break a hole in your shirt before you can put it on. <laughs> Hello, there's a little girl here. I wonder what she wants. Hello, love. What do you want? Are you a mountaineer, please? Pardon? Are you a mountaineer? I'm not a mountaineer or a mountain there or a mountain anywhere else. 
But I know a lot about mountains. Well, can you give me a few wrinkles on mountains? I beg your pardon? Can you give me a few wrinkles on mountains? A few wrinkles on mountains? Yes. Wrinkles on mountains? Yes. There's no wrinkles on mountains. There's wrinkles on tripe, but not mountains. No, I mean a few hints. Oh, I see. Oh, yes. I, I've got the book of rules in my pocket. I'll read them out to you. <clears throat> Here you are. Mountaineering. Rule one. When starting to walk up a mountain... Do you have to walk up? Um? Do you have to walk up? Well, you do at present. You see, the lift's out of order just now, you see, and, and the tramway men are on strike. How annoying. Um? How annoying. Yes, aren't you? When starting to walk up a mountain, always start off with the right foot. But why with the wrong foot? Well, if you start with the other, you'll be left. Oh, jolly good. <laughs> Rule two. We next come to the mountain goat. Are there many goats on the mountain? Oh, thousands of them. Oh, you're not the only one, then. Now, listen, now, we don't want any of that at all. Uh, never have an argument with a mountain goat. Although they are not exactly wild, they are all but. All but what? Uh, well, all but, uh, well, never have an argument with a mountain goat, that's all. <clears throat> Rule three. When you get to the top of a mountain, stop. Why? Well, because you can't go any higher. Well, what do you do then? Well, you come down again, then. Well, what's the use of going up if you've got to come down again? Well, you must go up before you can come down. Besides, you can say you've been up. But can't you say you've been up without going to all that Oh, trouble? you don't want to know anything about mountains. It's an argument you're looking for, you know. What is a precipice? I beg your pardon? What is a precipice? What is a precipice? Well, a precipice is one of those things that... If you stand on the end of it and look down, there's a lot of nothing, you know. Well, where do you go when you fall over a precipice? Well, it all depends upon what sort of a life you've led. Oh, poor Herbert. Eh? Poor Herbert. Poor Herbert? What, what do you mean, poor Herbert? Well, our Herbert's just fallen over a precipice. Your Herbert's just fallen over a precipice? Yes. Oh, your Herbert's doing very well, isn't he? Last time I heard of him, he was in the river, wasn't he? Well, whereabouts is he, then? He's hanging on a ledge over there. Over there? Oh, I see him, yes. Hanging on a ledge, poor Herbert. Does your Herbert drink? Yes. Oh, well, he looks like having his last drop any minute. Aren't you going to save him? Well, you've left it a bit late now, you know. I'll do my best. I'll, I'll read what it says about it. Rule four. People hanging on ledges. To save their life, take a long rope and tie it round the body of the lifesaver. See? And then slide slowly down the mountain side. See, now here's the rope. Now tie it round the body of the lifesaver. I think you better save his life. I'll tie the rope round you, you see. That's right. Now, now get to the edge of the cliff now. Are you all right? Yes. Well, go down now. Be careful now. Are you all right? That's it. Have you got him? Yes. Yes. Well, hold the line, please. Oh, I've just remembered something. I'll have to be going now. Do it. Yes. I must go back to the mountains, to the mountains, to the mountains, where the milk flows out in fountains, out in Switzerland. In 1933, Sandy signed to the Rex label. Here from that year is Sandy the film star. Pardon 
me, but can you direct me to Sandy Powell Bank's dressing room? Well, I guess if you walk six pages to the right, you'll sure go past it, for it's right here on the left. Oh, thanks. Thank you for directing me. Don't thank me. We are all directors here. You'll hear Sandy Powell Bank singing if you open that door. Come in. Are you uh, Sandy? Uh, yes. I'm Sandy, the film star, the greatest of them all. For my handsome features, all the ladies have to fall. They say at making love, I'm the best they've ever seen. I'm Sandy, the film star, the idol of the screen. Uh, now, Mr. Powerbank, yes? I represent a paper called Cinema Sidelights. Mm. It comes out once a month. Now, tell me, Mr. Powerbank, how did you come to be a film star? Well, I didn't come to be a film star. I came to whitewash the ceiling. Oh, you came to whitewash the ceiling? Yeah. I wonder what would have happened if you hadn't come to whitewash the ceiling. Well, the ceiling would have still been dirty, I suppose. <laughs> uh, tell me what happened. Well, I'd been at work about two hours, you see, when one of our leading ladies passed me. Yeah. I was up a ladder at the time, and she said, Oh, look at that man's lovely profile. Then she turned to one of the film directors and said, This man has a big future in front of him. Of course, I know what made her say that. Oh, and what was that? Well, I've got my lunch in my waistcoat pocket, you see. <laughs> then what did you say? Well, I told him I'd been an actor once. Oh, how long were you an actor? I've just told you, once. Oh, I see. Do you uh, prefer the film? Well, I do, yes. I get my meals regularly now, do you see? <laughs> yes. Of course, I always did like moving pictures. Only the day before I came here, I moved my mother-in-law's picture from the front room into the washhouse. <laughs> <laughs> Weren't you nervous when you were on the floor? Oh, not a bit. Why? Well, I've been on the floor all my life, really, you know. Yes, of course, uh, they gave you a test. Oh, they had to do that, yes. I had to register fear, misery, and ecstasy. How did you register ecstasy? I couldn't help it. <laughs> I had a pint bottle of beer in each hand. <laughs> I quite understand that. Yeah. Uh, was the test okay? Oh, they said the expression of joy was marvellous. And how did you register misery? They told me it was cold tea. <laughs> Although a star now, I see you began at the bottom of the ladder. Oh, right at the bottom. Of course, in my third picture, I was right at the top. You were? I was a window cleaner in that one. <laughs> I suppose you get carried away in your love scene. Well, of course, it all depends upon the heroines you happen to be working with. Yes. Twice. Some of them take a long time to get warmed up, you know. <laughs> of course, some of them get well away at the start and off you go. <laughs> I suppose it's very hot when the lights are on. Uh, it, it gets hotter though when they go out, believe me. <laughs> Have you ever played the villain or the dirty dog? Well, only when I'm at home. Never in the film. Ah, there's the bell. I must go on the set now. Oh, yes. Yes, I'm doing a picture with one of our most famous leading ladies. Would you like to see me do my stuff? Oh, I would have. Very, very kind of you. All right. Well, come on. We'll just go over to the other side and then we'll... Thank you very much. Oh, that's all right. Stand by your light there. Bring that second camera closer. Is the sound okay? Okay! Everybody on the set for the third sequence. Where's Mr. Powerbank? I'm here, Your Worship. Stand by, please, leading lady. Is that the leading lady over there? Yes, and you'll be surprised when you know who she is. She goes on now. Oh, yes. oh, I want to be alone. I am so sad. You know, she gets 6,000 pounds a week for saying that. <laughs> listen, listen. 
No, no, I want to be alone. I want to be alone. I expect she's just being paid, do you see, and she wants to count it. <laughs> she might be a tanner short. <laughs> you ready, Mr. Powerbank? Right up. Now I go on here. Ah, uh, oh, my lotus, my beautiful lotus. Lotus, be happy. Lotus, I have come back. I have returned. No, no. Yes, yes. No, no. Now don't argue, don't argue. You have come back. Come here. Oh, I am happy to be with you, my lotus. Uh, my, my lotus. Are you happy to be with me? Yes, I want to be alone. I want to uh, be alone. Uh, I am so sad. Oh, wait a minute. Half a minute. Now, first, first. There's What's the matter, Mr. Fowler? Well, I can't act with a woman that keeps saying she wants to be alone. Here I've come 12,000 miles from Barnsley to see Lotus, and all she says is that she wants to be alone. I don't know what she wants to do, but her mind isn't on her business at all. Now. I want to be alone. Oh. I, I want, want to, to be, be alone. Okay, I guess we'll cut the scene and make a break for lunch. Good idea. Cut, cut. Break for lunch, everybody. Ah, that's a good idea. Is she coming with us? No, no. I think I go home. Yeah, she's gone home. I'll bet the only friend she's got in this world is her shadow. Excuse me, Mr. Powellbank. Uh, are you temperamental? Oh, very temperamental. Oh. And the more temperamental you are, the more money you get, you know. Oh, I suppose you get carried away sometimes. Oh, we do. Why, only last week I was playing a very heavy part. Oh, and what were you doing? Shifting girders. <laughs> and were you carried away? Yes, one of them fell on me. What was your biggest picture? My biggest picture? The birth of a nation. Oh, and what did you do in that? I kept running for the doctor. Well, <laughs> I'm going back in my dressing room now. Uh, may I come along with you? Oh, no. No, I want to be alone. I want <laughs> to be alone. Well, in that case, I wish you good day. How long? And don't forget to put in your paper. You've had the honor of speaking to Sandy, the film star, the best you'll ever see. King Kong and Wallace Beery, they want to act with me. When I start to vamp them, all the ladies fall. For Sandy, the film star, the idol of them all. Oh, I want to be alone. During the 30s, Sandy appeared regularly on radio, where he popularised his catchphrase, Can You Hear Me Mother?, and also made several films, including The Third String in 1932, Can You Hear Me Mother? in 1935, It's a Grand World in 1937, and All at Sea in 1940. Here's another of his Rex records, Sandy on a South Sea Isle from 1934. Life's been worthwhile on this lonely isle Since I got washed upon the shore These wives I'll keep, but if I'm asleep Please don't wake me anymore My word, it's hot on this island, isn't it, Olden? What's all that noise? Oh, great white young one, it is the breath of the great Paramount Impaler craving a sacrifice. A sacrifice? Well, throw him a couple of coconuts and a bunch of bananas. 
Ah, uh, tis not for fruit or fish, does he crave? No, I don't blame him. I'm getting a bit fed up with that myself. It's about time we had some chips with our fish, you know. Here, can't any of these wives of ours do a bit of cooking? Oh, great wise one, tis not the ways of the West that reign here. They were never taught to cook. Ah, that's why you don't get indigestion here, is it? Now, about this sacrifice, what, uh, what do you throw down the crater, then? A human being, a man. A man? Don't talk so soft. Well, there's only two of us, and I don't want to burn. And there isn't enough fat on you to fry an egg. Throw him a couple of wives. We've got plenty of them. It'll be all right. I'm not going down the crater anyway. Mm. A nice, sociable lot of girls, aren't they? They never fall out, do they? No. If the wives disagree, they are thrown to the sharks. Thrown to the sharks. I wish they'd do that in England. England? Aye. That must be a wonderful place. Well, it used to be, because they close at ten o'clock now, you know. They are again. There's old man mountain breathing. He's got asthma as well, hasn't he, this mountain of yours? Oh, we better find a sacrifice. Here, I'll tell you what. There's only two of us. We'll toss for it. Tails I win, heads you lose. All right, great young one. Right. What's the it to be? Heads. Heads. Here we go. It's a tail. You've lost. <laughs> so be it. Fate has desired that I shall be the sacrifice. I go up yonder mountain and seek peace with the mighty spirit. I bid thee adieu. Well, so long, Holden. You can't grumble. You've had a good innings, you know, haven't you? Yes. I have had 99 summers. Well, you're going to have a warm winter this year anyway. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye, old beauteous maiden. Make him happy. It is a long journey that I take. So long, Olden. Send us a few lines when you get there, will you? Here's an asbestos postcard. Goodbye, Olden. Goodbye. 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 Well, girls, he's gone. What shall we do now? Come with me. Oh, no, no. Oh, he's mine. Oh, no, now, wait a minute. Now, give me a fair chance. Five hundred wives. I'm only a young lad, you know. Oh, master, let us bathe. No, no, my bath night's on Friday. I'm not bathing. Well, let us play hide-and-seek in yonder trees. Hide-and-seek in yonder trees? Who do you think I am? Ha! And who are you? I am the madman of the mountains. I am more terrible than Tarzan and stronger than King Kong. Oh, you must come up and see me sometime. Goodbye. Bye. Thou art not afraid, oh brave one? No, not yet, no. Oh, come, let us bask in the sun. You know, I'm going to get mixed up with these 500 women, you know, if they all want to bask at once. Oh, great young chief, has thou ever been in love before? No, but I've been to Blackpool a couple of times, you know. Come, let us bathe. My it's a good job my wife's not here. Just one wife? Oh, I've only got one wife. Well, one at a time, you know. Is that for life? Oh, for life, yes. Unless you're a film star. And then you can have a fresh one every week, you see. Ah, but now you have 500. Yes, I've got all the film stars skinned to death now. Oh, look. I see a strange creature coming from the sea. Yes, now I've seen that figure before. That's either my wife or the monster of Loch Ness. Oh, great white chief. Shall I kill her? Well, if it's my wife, I think she'll kill the lot of us. 
hide in yonder cave, and I will meet her. Roger, I'll go and hide, and I wish you the best of luck. Hey, young woman, have you seen my husband? husband? He's dressed like a man. Husband? No, there is no man here. Only he who climbs the mountains to make the sacrifice. That's him. I'll show him. To think I followed him all the way from England, and I'm not going back without him. I'm going up that mountain. I'll show him. I'll learn him. Has she gone? No, I haven't gone. And you're coming home with me. I've followed you all this way. Oh, oh but what about me? Yes, what about her? Never mind about her. You're coming home with me. Well, listen, Martha. I'll come back with you on one condition. What's that? That I can come here for my holidays next year by myself. Come on. Goodbye, girls. Sandy's film career dried up after Cup Tie Honeymoon in 1948, but he went on to appear occasionally on TV, his final acting appearance being on Comedy Playhouse in 1970. He continued appearing on stage in music hall revival shows up until his death in 1982. Here he is from 1938 with Sandy the All-In Wrestler. Excuse me being a bit out of breath, won't you? But I've been running, do you see? I had to get away from that place. I've had some funny experiences in my life, but nothing like the one I've just had. I tried all in wrestling, and believe me, that's the right name for it all in. I was all in two seconds after we'd started. Of course, I knew it was a bit rough like the Big Apple, but you do stand a chance in the Big Apple. And I'll admit, I didn't know very much about it, and I made one or two mistakes. Now, the first mistake I made was when I went into the ring, and the second one was when I came out, on my head instead of my feet. However, to begin at the commencement, when I got into the ring, opposite to me was a very large gentleman. He looked like a cross between Boris Karloff and a hippopotamus, and they announced him as Kilofsky, the human anaesthetic. Well, I thought, this must be the gentleman that's going to wrestle with me. So I went over to him and I said, it turned out nice again. You know, I just want to make him feel at home. Now, whether he misunderstood me or not, I don't know. I wouldn't like to say. But before I knew where I was, I was on my back. Somebody picked me up, then I heard a gong strike and I was on my back again. Now, in the next few seconds, I did things I never thought possible. I did the splits. I stood on my head, I put my legs round my neck and finished up like a sailor's knot. Now, I like a little bit of fun as well as anybody, but I do think he went a bit too far. Because when all's said and done, I wasn't built for a contortionist. And how I did it, I don't know. I've never been able to touch my toes before. And I wouldn't have cared if he'd have left it at that, but he jumped on me as well. I thought, oh, it's time I made a move. But the only thing I could move were my eyelids. Now, by this time, I thought it had gone far enough. So, very politely, I didn't want to be rude to him, you know. I said, now, do you mind if I get up, please? But I don't think he understood English, because he grabbed me by the hair, banged me head on the floor three times. 
And then I told him I was wanted on the telephone, but he didn't take the slightest bit of notice. He just put his legs round my neck and nearly choked me. Well, now, that was more than flesh and blood could stand. I thought, oh, it's time I got up now. But he wouldn't let me. Then something seemed to say to me, I don't know what it was, not to this day, I don't know what it was, but something seemed to say to me, this man doesn't want you to get up. So naturally I felt a little bit annoyed, and I thought when I do get up, I'll give him a piece of my tongue. But I was too late, he'd taken a piece already. Now that was the last straw. I thought, right, you've asked for it, and now you're going to get it. I thought, two can play at this game. So there and then I made up my mind I'd teach him a lesson. But before I could say Jack Robinson or even a shorter name, he picked me up and threw me right in the air. Now, when I came down, I was in two minds as to what to do. I didn't know whether to argue with him or use force. You see, I was rather awkwardly placed. I'd no idea where my arms were or what had happened to my legs. Then suddenly, just like a bolt from the blue, I saw a leg right across my face. I thought, ah, this is my chance. I'll be up in no time now. So I bit the leg as hard as I could. Oh, but what a mistake I made. It was my leg. Well, of course, that disheartened me altogether. I thought, well, if I'm going to be on his side as well, I might as well give in. I realized I couldn't fight both of us. And in any case, I was frightened to do anything else. You see, I didn't know which was him and which was me. I thought if I poke his eyes out, they'll probably be mine. Oh, I was in a tangle. I've never been in such a position in my life. I prayed that something would happen so that I could get up. And something did happen. I got up all right, but not the way I wanted. He picked me up. He spun me round like a top. He threw me right up in the air. And while I was in the air, I thought of that old saying, what goes up must come down. And believe me, it's right. I came down all right, but only for a second. This man, well, he wasn't a man. I think he was an octopus. He seemed to have legs and arms all over the place. He picked me up again, banged me on the floor as hard as he could. Now, there was no reason for that. I wasn't doing any harm. And it was my own leg, I bet it wasn't his. I couldn't understand it. I hadn't said a wrong word to that man in my life. I'd never seen him before. Then it suddenly dawned on me, I can't tell you why, not if you gave me a thousand pounds, but it suddenly dawned on me that this man had turned against me. So I thought, well, there's only one thing to do. I must get out of this ring by hook or by crook. And believe me or believe me not, that man must have read my thoughts because he just picked me up like a baby and threw me right out of the ring. And that was the only sensible thing he'd ever done. But unfortunately for me, he threw me on top of some people who seemed to be annoyed because they threw me back again. Then Mr. Kolofsky, I think he was getting frightened of me then because he threw me out again. Well, after they'd been playing shuttlecock with me for a little while, he had to go at the referee and he threw him out of the ring as well. Well, this caused a great commotion, and right in the middle of it all, somebody announced that Mr. Kolofsky had been disqualified and that I was the winner. So there and then I decided I would retire from wrestling with an unbeaten record. He had me on the mat, played with me like a cat, on Ilkley or Bat.
Sandy the All-In Wrestler there, ending this podcast. Find me on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Until next time, this is Sam Man saying goodbye and keep spinning that shellac. <laughs>